0: Hello again, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode number six of the Don't At Me podcast, Hot Guys with Hot Takes. Today is Tuesday, October 30th. Uh, I'm Drew with uh, my co-host, Brock and Jason.
1: What's up, guys? How's it going?
0: Today, we'll be diving into uh, quite a few more things. Uh, we're looking at NFL trades, uh, fantasy matchups, a little bit of basketball, and of course, coffee time. Uh, but first, our icebreaker today, uh, bad coffee. So, all, all three of us, uh, if you couldn't tell by our, our coffee time segment, are avid coffee drinkers, uh, and we do rely on our baristas to provide us with good coffee. Uh, very often, unfortunately, uh, you get a bad coffee. Uh, that can really ruin your day. What are your guys' takes on that?
2: For me personally, when I start, I start every day. I go to Starbucks, I get my laptop, I get my iced coffee every morning, and you would think that they would be able to develop. A way of making the iced coffee to give it more consistency, but the inconsistency of the coffees, just when I get a bad coffee, if it's too sweet or too too too, I don't not, I don't know the exact term, but when they don't put enough pumps of the sweetener in it, and it just it just really ruins my whole day. I'll I'll drink the coffee as fast as I can and grab a refill just so that I could like enjoy a coffee. It, it, I'm not even kidding. Like I just try. I just want to get my early morning work done, I want to check my emails, I want to, you know, set my fantasy lineups for the day, check any pickups I need to make for the week, but eat, having that, having a good coffee, good pickups, having a good coffee, you know, all, all the emails seem to, seem to be positive emails, when I get that bad coffee, it, it just starts the day off in a bad vibe and it's it really ruins my day. I
1: really do agree with you, Brock, on that. Um, the good thing is, there's there's pros and cons. So when you do go to Starbucks or a Coffee Bean, obviously it's different, hit or miss every time. But one good thing to take about coffee is when you make it at home, you know what the right ingredients to put, how much to put. But other than that, there's nothing much about it. Bad coffee really ruins a day.
0: I'll I'll tell you guys a little routine of mine, and, and we'll make this quick because I know we're ranting a little bit here. But a very strategic move that I do is on my way to work. It's about 20 to 25 minute drive. There's a Starbucks uh, fairly close to my house, probably less than a mile away, so I'll go there and get a coffee, and uh, if it's not very good, then I go to the Starbucks that's right next to my work, and then I'll ask them to remake it for me and tell them that it wasn't very good. So <laughs> there is a strategy to this, and uh, unfortunately, if you get it enough, you have to figure out what strategy works for you. But we'll, we'll move right along into uh, the sports of the day. So starting off with the NFL, Big news and trade rumors. We'll start out with the news. Uh, Cleveland Browns fired their head coach and offensive coordinator Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley today. Brock, any takes on that?
2: I don't understand how you hire an offensive coordinator who was with the successful franchise, Todd Haley, with the Steelers who did great. Obviously he had great weapons. But you hire him one season in. You give him a rookie quarterback. You give him one solid slot receiver in Jarvis Landry and the rest of the team is just—it's just upside. It's not necessarily established players. These all these people need so much development. They trade Carlos Hyde, who is doing very well, and obviously Nick Chubb has more more juice than him right now. But I just don't understand how you expect much more out of him when you have Baker Mayfield making decisions that—and he struggled recently. He's actually been bad, surprisingly to to most people, I think. Um, regardless, he's a rookie quarterback. He has. He has rookie weapons across, their second best receivers, Antonio Callaway. David Njoku is a second year tight end with inconsistent hands. I, I just don't know how much more you could ask out of an offensive coordinator. I, Hugh Jackson, three wins in three years is unacceptable. He should have been, you should not survive a 0-16 season. I don't care who you are. If you have one win and then zero wins, you're a bad coach. There's stats that show uh, win probability and predicted win totals. And it's said that last year the Browns should have won at least three games, and due to poor coaching and poor decision making with the game on the line, because of Hugh Jackson they won zero games. And the Browns tried to tried to twist things around because you don't want to fire get a new coach every year. It gets a bad look for the franchise. But what's a bad look is not winning football games. I think firing Hugh Jackson was a necessary evil. Is a part of the sport. But I think they really jumped the gun on firing Todd Haley. He's proven that he has a he has a creative, innovative offense, and he just doesn't have. The, ex- the pieces that he has are not experienced enough, maybe, to run that offense.
0: Jason, do you think the conflict, the reported conflict between Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley had to do with the firing?
1: I feel like that's the biggest thing. Uh, Jimmy Haslam's all about setting a standard of good ethics behind his team. Obviously, if you have dysfunction like that, the team's not going anywhere. So I feel like that's the biggest takeaway from there. Because of Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley's disagreements, it led to both of them being fired. However, I was a big proponent of Hugh Jackson going to, to the Browns and having some influence and in winning. But as you can see, my, my takes about that were wrong. 0088 percentage of winning the last three seasons. That is horrendous. Nothing, nothing much you can say about that.
0: All right, we'll get into the trades now. So uh, the first one that, that kind of went down the color of all of our attention was Demarius Thomas to the Texans. Um, next, we had uh, Golden Tate going to the Eagles. Uh, Dante Fowler going to the Rams to add to a stacked team already. Uh, and then Tymon Gummery, uh, after that big slip up against the Rams on Sunday, uh, gets traded to the Ravens. Uh, let's start off with Demarius Thomas and maybe some potential fantasy outlooks on it. Um, what, what do you guys think as far as uh, his value going forward?
2: I think it was a really interesting trade. Obviously, they made this move with uh, coinciding with Will Fuller being put to the IR with the torn ACL. There was actually rumors in the off season of this being a Des Bryant uh, Des Bryant spot. And they actually have the offense where they use that that larger receiver in the slot. So that would have been Des Bryant role. And at this point of his career, uh, Demarius Thomas really fits that as well. He's a good route runner with poor hands, but running those shorter routes, uh, easier catches the hand, easier passes to catch, and you have a great quarterback in Deshaun Watson who who moves around a lot. Demarius Thomas is obviously a big target. I think he's a legit 65 220. Um, I think it was a it was a they also don't have a tight end of consequence. Steven Anderson I think is their number one tight end right now. Um, Ryan Griffin plays a little tight end for him as a, in a blocking role. but I think it's Demarius Thomas could uh, do do okay in this role. Obviously he's not going to eat with you know uh, D-hop on the outside who's going to get most of the targets. But I think it. I think it was a. It was a good move, and it was a move saying that we want to win this year. Demarius Thomas is a free agent after this year. Um, they wouldn't pick up his contract because it'd be north of 15 million dollars, and that's what happens when uh, you're with Peyton Manning and win a Super Bowl. But um, I just I I think it was a good move. I feel like it works out both for both teams. Um, D Hop. It's gonna be a
1: nice setup with D Hop, Deshaun, and uh, Demarius Thomas. Uh, it's gonna be kind of like a smokescreen. You don't know which guy to guard. Um, it also helps out the Broncos if you don't like Cortland Sutton. Or Cortland Sutton is gonna break out. I feel like he's gonna be potentially be number one there, and I, f- I feel like it works out. The trade works out well for both teams.
0: All right, we'll move on to the Golden Tate trade. Uh, going to the Eagles now. Uh, what do you guys think about his uh, progression or digression going forward?
2: I think that they needed another pass catcher. I think uh, Alshon Jeffrey has really come off his suspension and played really well. But Golden Tate has some of the best hands in the league. He's a great slot receiver, and I think that's just more of a another safety valve for Carson Wentz. He's a, the offensive line has actually struggled a lot this year. Their running game wasn't what it used to be. They don't have, those running backs Smallwood and um, and Corey Clement aren't aren't necessarily the the pass catchers that they've had in the past with Darren Sproles. And they run this new up tempo style offense that seems like everybody wants to run and Golden Tate is going to be an integral part of the offense. I really like his outlook. I think he's right away he's going to be a 10-catch a game guy. Him and Ertz running slants across each other. It's going to really open each other up a lot more. I think I think it's it's all wheels all wheels up for the Eagles
1: offense. You couldn't have said it any better. One question for you guys though. Amari Cooper getting traded for a first round. What do you think the the other receivers in him have correlated to him getting traded for first round? Josh Went got fifth round. So do you think he was the trade worked out well for the Cowboys and the other teams? I,
0: I think the Cowboys must have just, they bit first, and that's the price at the time. Uh, and then going forward, if they had waited a little longer until the deadline, uh, the price is starting to drop a little more. It goes to a fifth. You see a maybe a fifth and a seventh kind of deal. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe they just reached at, at the wrong time.
2: I, I don't know. I, I gave my take. I think it was a, a horrible trade. Amari Cooper, he was a first-round pick. When he had that first-round pedigree at Alabama, but he's proven he hasn't he hasn't delivered that talent back. He is, I mean, unreliable hands. He there's questions to whether or not he loves football, and that's something you you have to love football if if you want to be great. I, I don't know. I the Josh Gordon trade was a better trade. The Demarius Thomas trade was a better trade. I think they they gave up way too much. They they're running NFL team. I'm not, and maybe that's for a good reason. But I. It was it was a terrible price to pay. Good for the Raiders though. Yeah, I mean the Raiders are acquiring assets for the future. That's what that's basically what they've chose to do. They lost Marshawn Lynch now, um, but both the receivers they have now are Jordan Nelson and Martavis Bryant. You could look for them next year. Looking for an early wide receiver. There's a kid, Nikhil Henry from uh, ASU, who's looking like a stud right now. Um, But, yeah, I mean, they're acquiring future assets, and if that's what you're going to do then, and you don't see Mark Cooper in that future, you see that he doesn't love football, you see he's not waking up early to work out, you see that he's not staying in the playbook, you see him not hanging out with Derek Carr after practice to get more routes in, you you got to get rid of him. I don't don't hate the move at all.
0: We'll look into the Dante Fowler trade now, former first-round pick uh, coming from the Jags, and now traded over to the Rams. Uh, So, obviously, this defensive line is stacked, and extremely versatile. Uh, what does he bring that they don't already have?
2: He brings speed on the outside, as opposed to the the power rushers in Sue, Donald, Westbrook's. Um, also versatility. He's one of the stand-up. He's a stand-up guy, so he's not gonna he's not gonna be in the three-point stance most of the time. He's not gonna be playing on the inside. He's strictly he's all power all the time. He's speed. He's a, he's a Ferrari on the outside. His comp was was uh who Wade, Phil- Wade Phillips had in Denver and Von Miller, and that's what he's going to be playing in this 4-3 defense. It, he's, it's going to be impossible to guard him because they're going to be double-teaming one of the two between Sue and Donald, and the other one's going to be getting free, so he'll have the, the the extra protection, whether it's a tight end or a running back, and Dante Fowler's going to be running free. He's going to be running free all the rest of the, his last eight games will probably have 10-12 sacks. Wow. I, I feel like, like
1: I said before, it, it works out well for both teams with the Rams. Um, you have a guy with high upside. There's nothing much you can lose, especially with the win-now mentality. Dante Fowler is w- what you need. And for the Jaguars to receive a third and fifth-round pick for what they are doing this year, I mean, great, great stones to build on on there. So it works well for both teams, especially the Rams. They're going to win
2: it. I think that this is a, a move for the Jaguars to set up to draft a quarterback early next year. I think they're starting to gain assets and they understand Blake Bortles isn't the answer. And so they're sacrificing some of those defensive pieces to get that capital so that they could put it together a package to trade up because they're struggling this year. They're three and five. And in a division where Andrew Luck has been playing very well, you have Houston has won five in a row. Um, I don't think this is is not the year. So they're gonna have a a solid first round pick and I think they're gonna try to trade up to get a dude. After playing Blake all that money,
1: uh, that's just sad to hear now.
2: Yeah, one-year deals aren't that big of a deal though, because it, it was just the one year. Well, it was an extension, a okay, one-year okay. extension, and every every contract is easy to get rid of after after that year usually.
0: I will say, as a Rams fan, that this trade cannot have happened at a better time. Playing against Drew Brees and the Saints on the road this week, uh, they're gonna give him all he can handle, and I'm really looking forward to it. I I did see this as being the first loss for the Rams. Um, the Packers made it a lot closer than I, I would have liked to have seen. Uh, but now the, those worries are really going away. I think we're going to run into uh, Seattle, take care of them, and then into Kansas City on a neutral field. And and that's, I guess, what will be the real test, our, our Super Bowl matchup, or preview, I should say. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to our fantasy matchups now. Uh, we'll have Brock uh, preview or reviewing uh, Jason versus Eddie uh, from this last week.
2: Yeah, going into this matchup, I really, you know, you're not 100% sure. Uh, do both these guys have the dogs for the fight? So, let's let's jump into what what when, what how this week started. And Jason, as Wu Tang would say, he brought the ruckus. He he traded everybody. He didn't care who you are. He didn't care when he drafted you. He was looking for a complete turnaround. He traded Rob Gronkowski and required Adrian Peterson. He acquired Kenyon Drake, he acquired Zach Ertz, and all these guys really put up good points for him this week. He's trusting the receivers that he drafted. Um, Edelman, Tyler Boyd both had huge games. Kenny Galladay didn't, but that was just a total lopsided affair where, I don't know why, but the Lions couldn't get the ball out. Um, I mean, it's, I have to say myself I was critical of some of the moves, but when you make three huge trades, and you score 132 points the following week, you know, you did what you gotta do. And also, I mean, he had had firepower on his bench, too. He had Aaron Jones, who's looked really well now that it looks like he's getting the bulk of the carries. Um, He also acquired Devin Funchess, uh, a solid receiver who who hasn't been great since Greg Olson's return, but to add on to the wide receiver core that he's currently working with now, I think it was a good addition. On the other side, we have Eddie. He was a he, he put up a he put up a heck of a fight, one twenty one for a team that's really struggled this week. His best player, Saquon, only had thirty eight rushing yards, but his work in the passing game obviously really puts him up and he scored fifteen point six for him. Marlon Mack as a as a spot start this week played really well. And his whole team did really well except Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston benched this week after throwing four picks. I mean, when your quarterback scores eight points, it's it's really hard to overcome that when you have a guy like Jason who had you know 50 from his two running backs but it was a good fight um this really puts jason back in the playoff race and really sets eddie back
0: all right the next matchup we'll be looking at uh jason will review uh my matchup versus the goat burdo
1: okay so for Coming into this week, we all had expectations of who was going to win and who wasn't going to win. Um, I feel like majority of the league were, was thinking Drew was going to win this matchup. but However, the shift has turned as Drew had lost from ninety-four Berto's 94 to uh, Drew's 88. Uh, let's see. On Berto's team, Tom Brady, 13.8. Um, that's average. Um, Latavius Murray had 18. Uh, and Jalen Richard also had 10.4. Uh, Marius Thomas got shipped out, but he also before he left, he left little <laughs> pro- <laughs> left little four point five for them. <laughs> <laughs> he <left a> little... <laughs> before he left, <laughs> uh, and then George Kittle's always been productive this season. Nice pickup. Um, Tyler Lockett in his flex eleven point seven. Um, obviously, Leonard Fournette's still hurt, so he's kind of thin on the uh, running backs, but he, the running backs came in this week and produced. I feel sorry for Burt with Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette out. I say it every week, but Burt, I feel really sorry for you about those running backs. Uh, you just have been injury-plagued all left and right. All your guys were questionable on the bench. I feel so <laughs> sad. <laughs> your injury-plagued team right here. Okay, and then going back to Drew's team, Aaron Rodgers, 15.9. As Drew and me talked about, Aaron Rodgers has been under – has been. Performing underwhelmingly this season. Mark Ingram had 10.7. Philip Lindsay had 8.7. You can't ask for more than that from Denver running back. Adam Thielen putting up numbers like he always does. Had his straight 100-yard game after about seven or something. There's been like a record of how many straight games he had up 100 yards. This whole season he's put up 100 yards. What? That's a white guy putting up 100 yards. That's crazy. I love it. And, and then Michael Thomas, 10.6. Uh, we'll take it. Ah, uh, man, this is where it starts getting a little iffy. Trey Burton 3.3. 3. Drew loves him. Um, Drew did say he's kind of iffy week to week, and and then it drops down from there. His flex didn't produce Randall Cobb. Um, yeah, so it just shows you, it, bi-weeks do really kill teams, and it showed in Drew's team right here.
0: Thanks for putting it so eloquently, Jason. Uh, I appreciate it. Once again, bird of the goat. Uh, I'll never let it down. Uh, we'll move on to uh, Brock's matchup again. Uh, simi garcia uh this matchup was obviously the battle of the tight ends uh oh sorry uh neither tight end scored a single point uh ben watson and david njoku zero receptions for zero yards the battle of the tight ends uh the quarterbacks actually uh, cancel each other out both of them getting 26 points uh pat mahomes and Jared goff but where brock really blew him away obviously was the the skilled players the receivers and running backs james Conner. 146 rushing yards, two touchdowns for a total of 35.7 fantasy points. Uh, yeah, have fun with that. Who knows how long uh, Love Bell will want to be out. Brock's, Brock's doing his little dance over here. Um, so Odell Beckham finally showed up uh, with a 17.6 game. Uh, you'll take that from a horrible offense in uh, New York Giants. Uh, Stefan Diggs showed up again with a uh, 22.9. And that's kind of what it was there. Uh, Alvin Kamara did his thing with 23 points. And then Marvin Jones really, really excelling there. I'm sure Christian's happy having Marvin Jones uh, after that Golden Tate trade. I'm sure the the volume's only going to go up. Uh, Doesn't look like we missed. Oh no, on the bench, Lamar Miller had a great game, uh, 19 fantasy points, but you still started the right people. So, oh, I guess Carryon Johnson only had 12 points, but you know, you still did good. Brock highest score of the week, 152.9 points
2: by 20 points, not even close.
0: Oh uh, okay, uh, and imagine if your tight end did something. I know. Oh, wow. Zero points out of my tight end. Who How about a, that?
1: Uh, who scored the most this season? Was it Christoph? Was it Bobo? It's It's Christian right now. Was
0: Chris, right? it Christian that scored I so think Christian far? It's put Christian. It One
2: eighty four. Wow.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Brock now tied for first place with Christian. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'll take on Christian this week. So I'm sure Brock's rooting for me heavily. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, that'll do it. Oh no, no, no. I'm sorry. We still have a. Uh, Kevin versus Daniel, uh, that we'll all go over here. Uh, you guys have that pulled up.
2: Uh, I'll, I'll jump into the the stuff surrounding this matchup. This is a good matchup between two guys that talk a lot of trash in the group chat. And that really, that, that makes this matchup more interesting than some of our own matchups for us. Me personally, I was glued to their game after, after seeing that James Conner put up 35 points for me. I wasn't too concerned about my matchup after that, but... I was I couldn't wait to see who was scoring for for Daniel, who was scoring for Kevin, you know. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a high scoring affair, but it was two teams that put up two solid scores, and um, they don't stop in the group chat, and that's something I really respect.
0: This was the actual matchup of the tight ends: Jared Cook 15.4 and Travis Kelsey 16.9. Obviously, you're expecting a little more out of Travis Kelsey, but hey. Uh, those are two solid performances.
1: Uh, Drew Brees is only six point eight. I feel like that's what kind of wow, what kind of killed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Cream Hunt performing seventeen. You know, one person that I thought went off this week, Jordan Howard. He didn't have any numbers like that this previous games, and he went up for twenty two carries for eighty one yards with a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you guys think he's back in the in the in the rotation with Terry Cohen, or do you think he's still losing his pro? Uh, spot to that
0: I mean I think you got to take it with a grain of salt they were playing against the the Jets at home I believe so yeah um, Trubisky's really starting to find his ways too though so um, if he's if he's going to be the next big quarterback then I'd want everything to do with that offense including Trey Burton
2: yeah I think game script for this one really uh, set up well for Jordan Howard and if you could if you could predict game flow then I think you know which which running back to start obviously this game both of them had a good one Terry Ty- Ty- Cohen only takes one play um, I'm, I'm glad Kevin's gone to him as a weekly starter now. Uh, it's important to go with your gut, but
0: yeah. All right, now we'll get into Babu and Kristoff's matchup for the week. Where are they? Pink Bunny. <laughs> Pink Bunny and David Johnson. Uh, Jason, did you like this matchup?
1: <laughs> it's a, It's a very good matchup, I feel like. Um, I, I was rooting for Christoph only because I traded him David Johnson. So I wanted to see how his team was going to do with Golden Tate and David Johnson. Um, they produced normal numbers. David Johnson with 12 points and Golden Tate with 8.8. Um, I really thought Bob was going to win this matchup, at, however, at the end. But talking to Christoph on Monday night, he kind of convinced me that he was going to pull out the win, which he, kinda, which he did with uh, James White going off. What more can you ask from a Patriots running back? I mean, r- rush attempts, he didn't do much but he actually didn't do much. Take <laughs> looks at the numbers.
0: Well,
2: to uh, take it off Brock. So, this matchup was kind of Babo who has really a set lineup every week and Kristoff Christoph, who is a, uh, you know, really piecing it together at the running back position. Obviously, he got David Johnson this week. He acquired him from Jason and uh, James White has really proven to be an every week starter at this point, but with Sony Michelle out, he has performed at a higher higher rate and uh, really really respectable outfits from both of them. Just looking, Kristoff uh, had a lot of firepower on his bench too. T.J. Yeldon put up twelve and a half. He also had Chris Carson, who had 170 rushing yards and uh, put up 19.4 points. Babo, he was his his dogs just didn't bark this week. Really, his uh, defense put up negative four, which put him at a grave disadvantage. I mean, he got the Todd Gurley production he gets every week. Got 27 from Mixon. AJ Green scored a touchdown, but you look at Juju, you look at Jimmy Graham, you look at Josh Gordon. None of them; those three combined only put up about 12 points, and then negative four from your defense. What
0: about that? The sketchy defensive play against the Panthers at home. I know the Ravens have a solid defense, but I don't number think that's a, I don't think that's a good start there. Last I checked, or maybe after this week, they're number four. Yeah, but they're they're,
2: I, they're a top defense but you know every defense you gotta pick your spot you can't No, nobody in my opinion is every week started defense
0: it, any, any offense that has a running back that you could dump it off quickly to I, I don't like my chances there but uh anyway that'll do it with uh, the fantasy uh review segment we'll get into basketball now uh Jason's hyped uh the Lakers uh, I'm about to calm you down a little bit here the <laughs> Lakers starting off at 2-5 Jason is it time to panic?
1: I mean we all saw this coming into the season it, it, it's, it's hard to say this. There's two things I mean when, when coming into the season You kind of expected LeBron and the Lakers to have a slow start But when it's actually happening now It just feels different It's We expected it but it's not how we really want it I, I expected them to put up a little bit more numbers But I mean I, I feel like they're going to be like this for the next couple of games Honestly they're probably going to go 7-7 seven and 10-10 seven, or something like that um, they're gonna have to take maybe 20 or 30 games to figure this roster out. They're still trying to adjust lineups. I'm still trying to figure out when Luke Wallen's gonna come with a set lineup, especially with Rondo coming back and Ingram coming back. And Ingram even stated he doesn't want to be on the bench. He wants to start. So it kind of puts some uh, some. It, it kind of hinders Luke's decision in making of Kyle Kuzma come off the bench or starting. And and, and that's
0: it, kind of the the catch-22. There is yeah. that everyone's telling Ingram that you need to be more assertive and you need to want it more, this and that, and now he's saying, well, I want to start, I should start, and now he's going to get looked down on for that. So it's kind of hard for him. I don't
2: know. I felt like he really backed up that statement by putting up 25 in his first game back. And he's really the only, him and LeBron are the only two on the team that have the the ability to be a stud on offense and on defense. LeBron obviously can guard one through five, but you have Ingram too. Ingram can guard one through three, sometimes a skinny four, but he he's shown his, improve, his improvements on offense is length alone is going to make him a good defender? But like Jason said, I really like the point you brought up. Once you have that consistent lineup, it, there's going to be more continuity with the team. They're going to have, uh, they're going to have set their, their practices. They're going to practice with the same five guys all the time. They're going to be able to. They know when they're going to come in. They know how they should warm up before the game if they're coming off the bench or if they're starting. Um, when you have when you have an eleven guy rotation like the Lakers are running right now, it's it's just hard to get that consistency, that continuity that you need to to consistently be productive i really like the way lance stevenson has played and has been used as a playmaker off the bench and i think that pairing him with one of rondo or lonzo who comes off the bench with him really creates a fast-paced lineup but it's a liability on defense
0: you you talk about defense and i think the the clear uh deficiency here is the center position uh i feel like the bigs are really getting after the lakers here i know Lamarcus aldridge really had a good game uh jokic i mean he's always gonna have a good game no matter who he plays but uh it was probably a lot easier for him to put up numbers against the lakers because i mean javel mcgee he's in there and and, you know he is a good defensive player but he can't play uh the entire game Uh, i know they're their backup center some rookie kid and he's getting a lot of good minutes and uh, he he's providing something but it's like Zubach where are you you know like we yeah that
2: need that need that should have been zubach's minutes and this guy Jonathan Williams out of Gonzaga he's got he's got the pedigree but I mean he was good in college but he's he's not but that's but, what I'm he s- shouldn't like you said he shouldn't be playing these minutes in the NBA yet
0: right absolutely not and, and the Lakers are they're deep they are but at the center position they're they're getting taken advantage of
2: yeah. I think sorry really quick no, no. Yeah. I think that uh, once mo Wagner is healthy though he could really make an impact. I, I, the one thing that I feel that this can be a problem the whole season is defense.
1: It, it kind of just bugs me that you have Rachel Rondo, LeBron James. I mean, you pointed out in previous a sec, previous podcast that LeBron James kind of tends to lay off on the defensive side. But I feel like nowadays everyone's going to be making three, so you just I, I just feel like the Lakers don't try hard enough on defense. I mean, it's easy for me to say watching it on TV, mm-hmm. but. Their defense needs to be picking up. Some they still look sloppy, but like like we said earlier, it's just the lineup. Everyone needs to mesh well. It's gonna take some time. It's it's upsetting, but the thing is, these games you can say and don't matter, but in the beginning of the season, especially with the West being how strong it is, it's gonna matter, and it's gonna later in the season, it's gonna matter. Those games we lost against the Spurs, and it it's it's we gotta win now, and it's sad to say like there's nothing more.
0: I'm gonna go a little off the off the rails here. I want to bring up the Houston Rockets. What's going on with them? They have one win, and of course it was against the Lakers. They've get they've been getting blown out, not just losing, getting blown out. And I understand. Uh, I think Harden missed a game tonight that they lost by 20. Hamstring um, injury. Hamstring injury. Here's the problem. They they got older. They didn't get younger. What does Carmelo Anthony bring that that Trevor Ariza doesn't bring?
2: Well, Carmelo Anthony can't shoot from three-point range as well as Trevor Reza anymore, and he's not a versatile defender. He's not a defender, and Trevor Reza gave that to them last year. They're relying on P.J. Tucker to play significant minutes, and he's an okay three-point shooter, but he's been very inconsistent this year. Their team as a whole, they paid Clint Capella to be kind of a dude, and I don't don't know for sure if he showed that this year. Um, Chris Paul is getting older. He's still really good, but still... I mean after a full a full off season that puts a lot on someone like Chris Paul this far into your career and I think that his usage going up with James Harden being out could lead to an injury for him as well. This is just something that they tried they outscored everybody last year and you this is a this is a new NBA. These kids that are coming in the rookies, second year, third year players, these guys are scoring just as much as as Harden and I don't know. If Harden's not healthy and MVP style, they're gonna have a they're gonna have a tough game, <laughs> tough time this year.
1: Well, Like we stated previously in the podcast, Luke Mbambute gone, Trevor Reza gone. And like Rom Brock Mute, said, these guys are defensive minded. With not having them there, who are they gonna who's who's gonna stop Kevin Durant? James Harden isn't the best defender. All PJ, they did was lose defense. Exactly, and I feel like that's the biggest. It's a people don't consider defense to be a big thing in the NBA, but all they consider is NBA shooting threes, uh, offense. Defense is a big part of winning championships, also as well as offense. And the Rockets are gonna have problems on defensive side, and they're not gonna win this year. I mean, it was they weren't supposed to win anyways, but this is gonna make them even harder, especially with the well, West being. I don't, I don't know
2: if they weren't supposed to win because if you remember, Chris Paul got hurt in Game Seven of the Western Conference Finals, and I think they were they were favored in that game if Chris Paul is healthy, over the Warriors, and they would have killed the Cavs. Toronto. They, they've surprised a lot of people with Kawhi
1: Leonard out there. And the Bucks are doing well. I, I mean, I did see the score yesterday, how the Bucs dethroned the uh, Raptors, correct? Yeah, so uh, with Giannis being out, I mean, with the new coaches, Mike Budelheiser there, I feel like the East is reshaping, but the West is still stronger.
0: Yeah, sticking with the West here, and the Rockets not being a surefire top three team here, does that leave room for possibly a team like, oh, I don't know, the Denver Nuggets, who... <laughs> Have beaten the Golden State Warriors, have seen great production out of the young players, and they've been winning games even when I know I said they're getting production out of the young players. But Jamal Murray hasn't been exactly consistent. They're still finding ways to win games. Are they a surefire top three team?
1: I I feel like not a not a top three team. I feel like throughout the season they will drop maybe to the four or five spot, but they're going to be in the top five for sure, especially with the like you said, Jamal Murray and uh who's the other kid out there the Gary Gary Harris Harris. yeah so I feel like the only loss did come with the Lakers I mean they were supposed to win that game honestly but the Lakers came back and put a fight but I feel like the Nuggets are gonna be a top five team um the the West right now is it's gonna reshape at the end of the season it's gonna look different from what it is now uh Warriors obviously they look on fire Nuggets Drew's Drew's team this year they they're gonna continue to be with Jokic down there Uh, there's nothing much that's something
2: I really uh agree with you is that the the West is—they're gonna beat each other up. That's yeah. the thing because I don't think the Timberwolves. I think they're gonna be one of the teams of the odd man out, but they're gonna have some some big wins this year versus the higher teams. Like they're gonna—they're probably gonna beat the Warriors once. They're probably gonna beat um, teams like the Lakers, who having LeBron alone will get them to a six or seven seed. I, I, I firmly believe. So I think it's gonna be similar to last year, where two through eleven will be within four or five games. And winning these early games, they they matter. They matter a lot. And the Lakers, I think, can go on a run later in the season. But the Nuggets right now, they're in they're in a very good spot. And and for now, I feel
1: like for me personally, I feel like the West seeding at the end, the last like 10 games, like you said, two through 11 are going to be decided within a game or two. I feel like it's going to be more exciting than the championship itself because we know I, I, my personal take is the West is going to win no matter what team comes out of there but the last couple days of the season are going to be pretty hectic.
0: The last argument that I'm going to make for the Nuggets and I'll stop after this another team that was supposed to be in that potential top three was the Utah Jazz who we haven't seen anything special out of them Donovan Mitchell hasn't done what he was last year I understand the sophomore slump uh Gobera is always an injury risk and I, I question their depth if you got a guy like Joe Ingles out there that that's getting all those minutes and someone that could be really be a better reserve off the bench as a nice shooter, I, I don't know why why we think that they're so much better than the Nuggets when the Nuggets uh their play style is more tradi- or it's more compatible to how the game's being played today.
2: Yeah, I think the Jazz first of all, Joe Ingles was like their number one ball handler late in games in the playoffs last year. And he was the one getting uh, Donovan Mitchell the ball late in games in the playoffs when uh, Rubio got hurt. But I think I think that they have they have an interesting team. But that's another team that they need to regain their continuity, the flow from last year. They were they had, they went on a late run. Um, they have a great coach in Quinn Snyder. I I think I think they're solid. they'll be one of the teams definitely in there. I think there's they're a lock for the playoffs. Hard to say this early in the year, but they got dudes still. Yeah, uh, just. One little thing I want to add into this
1: uh, NBA segment is that the Kings are five and three. Um, I feel like it's a surprise. I mean, they got young pieces, but I mean, the season's still young. They'll they'll be at the bottom. They'll be like ten or eleven. So don't be excited on the Kings yet, guys.
0: I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I really like Darren Fox. I think he's going to be a legit player, and, I, and I actually he, like him he has too. a lot of tools that could that I mean could make him an All Star for sure. Um, I mean, you look at some of their younger guys too. You got. Uh, Nemanja Bjelica, who's really firing it up right now, taking away minutes from some younger guys, um, and then I mean you got the old reliable Kosakufis. And <laughs> give you a little 10-10 every I, once in a while.
2: I got a question about the Kings. I don't know how close you guys have paid attention, but how how do you guys think uh, Buddy Hill's development has been this year? Because he obviously they gave up a lot for him, and they said he was the next Steph Curry, and they kind of put him up there as like the poster child of their franchise.
0: I mean, I don't know a ton about Buddy Heald. All I know is that off the eye test is that the kid can shoot. And he could shoot off-bounce. He could shoot fadeaway. He's got the, the nice Kobe step-back. He's got everything. Do you, so do you
2: think he has what it takes out to carry a team? Like no. I, mean, I don't think right now, but do you think he could build into that?
0: Well, if he does, I think he'd be more in it. Because
2: I think he's already in his third or fourth year.
0: I think he's more of a Jimmy Butler kind of player. Um, I, I don't know if he has that fire like a Jimmy. I'm talking more like, like comp-wise, but I, I wouldn't say attitude leader-wise. I mean, he's a confident kid, and he, he's always spoke been well-spoken. Um, but I don't, I don't see really what it is in him that he that he has as a leader for like a championship-winning team.
1: I don't see. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I don't see him t- being that guy to take over and lead someone. Um, I
2: mean, I don't.
0: Know. <laughs> I do. I do think a guy like that is someone that you need on a championship he, team. Oh, yeah, but no, I like just
2: more of a six-man, right?
0: I mean he could even be like the number two stud in a couple years, like the number two. Yeah. But I don't think he's the leader, the number one, the, yeah. the
2: guy. I, I really like Willie Collie Stein's outlook. Oh, I think he can end up being a, a solid game. defensive guy. I
0: don't know how I don't know how people really thinking about him after the first. I don't know if he was really on the radar after his first year or two, but Recently, I know last year for sure you lit up the Lakers twice. Yeah. And but,
2: and then, then like you said, I think we all really liked De'Aaron Fox a lot. Yeah. I feel like Marvin Bagley has a lot of, has a tremendous upside yeah. becoming a better ball handler and shooter yeah. in the yeah. future. Their rebuild is worth and it. And I, I really like Harry Giles too, who was, a, who was more of a risky pick. Yeah. And then Justin Jackson is a good young shooter. I don't know. I think, I think not this year, maybe not next year, but in three years, this team could be special. Hey, don't forget about Zeebo, guys. They got the Boozer down there.
0: <laughs> great, great court presence, and he could probably get you a dime bag if you need it too.
1: Well, one question regarding it. so the Pelicans—they're four and two. I feel like does this make Anthony Davis want to stay? Sign a contract extension with them, since they're doing good.
0: Man, I, I think Anthony Davis is the kind of guy that you dangle that supermax in front of his face, and he's like, yeah, I'll be the guy. Uh, and shoot, look at look how they did in the playoffs last year I thought DeMarcus Cousins. They could build a team around this guy. They have some depth. They have uh, they have Julius Randle as, as a new addition. Um, yeah, I, I think that, that uh, there's definitely some enticing factors to this for sure, uh, for him to want to stay in New Orleans. Alright guys, you know what time it is now, coffee time. We all know what we do here, uh, talk about some segments, don't necessarily have to be sports related. I think today, everything is sports related, so we'll go ahead and stick with the theme. Uh, so I'll start it off here, um, so if you could choose one athlete to teach you something from their sport, who would it be and what would they teach you? So I'll give you guys an example just so you guys kind of know what I'm talking about. So. If I could choose any athlete from any sport to teach me, like, their signature move or something, uh, it'd have to be uh, Clayton Kershaw from Los Angeles Dodgers. So, I, um, obviously, I'm a lefty. So, just like Clayton Kershaw, I feel like he could teach me how to throw a wicked curve. Oh, wait, that's a Boston accent. I shouldn't do that. But, um, yeah, I I think learning how to pitch a curveball from Clayton Kershaw would make my life, Uh, if I ever had to make a wish... Uh, hopefully, I never do have to have Make a Wish, but if I do, it would definitely be that.
2: <laughs> the first problem with that is that I don't know if they give a 24-year-old a Make a Wish opportunity; they choose the children. But there's a child at heart. There's there's an obvious answer to this. There's a clearly obvious answer to one of the most dominant athletes of all time, and it's it's Mike Tyson. I want I want Mike Tyson to, sh- to show me the right hook. You you're you're at a bar in downtown Fullerton, and a couple guys walk up to you. You got the the tutelage of Mike Tyson behind your right hand, and it's, it's a quick two-piece and they're gone.
0: But if you have the arm of Mike Tyson, you're going to need to register that bad boy as a weapon. Well, you're not yeah. going to get away with just any street fight.
2: Oh, oh yeah. We're getting away with just a street fight. It's going to be one. It, it only takes one lesson.
0: Maybe maybe you'll get the speed of Usain Bolt, too. Jason?
1: Uh, the mind guy is pretty, pretty basic. I mean, not basic to everyone else, but to me, Kobe Bryant. I want to get that Mamba mentality. Can you even teach that? Do you think you can teach that?
2: You, you unteachable. Have, if you could live with him, in in the Alps, like he like he probably would, the only way he would probably train somebody, I believe he would be able to teach you. But man, he's a dog. That that'd be hard to teach. I
1: I want to have the mentality where he wakes up at three in the morning with two hours of sleep or whatever he does. Never never gives up. I just want everything. He the mentality that if I had that killer instinct, game over. The world would be done. I'd be CEO of some company right now. <laughs> All right, so now hopping into NFL trivia. So for this game, I'm gonna have six trivia questions. Um, All you guys gotta do is pick the right answer. It's pretty fun. Um, It's related throughout the whole NFL history, but I made it more current than uh, previous years. So uh, let's see, the first question is, which team features a helmet decal only on one side of the helmet? Okay, and so with these four options, you ready? I'm pretty sure I know the answer. I already know it. Texans, Jaguars, Steelers, or Titans?
0: One, two, three, Steelers.
1: Steelers. Oh, So easy. All right, second one. Who was the last non-QB to win an NFL MVP? How about that, guys? Sean Alexander, Ray Lewis, AP, or
2: LaDainian Tomlinson? I'm going to go with... Adrian Peterson. I think he, he had his 2,000 rushing year. I think he was MVP that year. I, that, that's actually a tough one, though. I
0: think LT has done it, but I just I think, uh, uh, I think AP he, has done it more recently. Him. So I'm going to go with I'm Adrian go Peterson.
1: You guys are two for
2: two. Yes. <laughs>
1: All right, number three. Which of these teams was not an original NFL team that moved over to the AFC? Browns, Colts, Raiders, or Steelers? Really think about this, guys. So
2: an, an a current NFC team or AFC. So AFC team. Which of these move. teams
1: was not an original NFL team that
2: moved over to the AFC? I know the Browns did move, and I know the Colts did move. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it was the Colts. Okay, true.
0: Colts, Browns, Steelers, Raiders, Raiders, and it was what a team that
1: not an original NFL team that moved over to the AFC. So they weren't originally with the NFL when they moved over.
0: Oh. So
1: remember how they had the league before?
0: Yeah. I I'm think gonna say, I, I'm one. gonna say the Browns.
1: You guys are... Both of us? Raiders?
0: Raiders. Oh, he's going to
2: say the
1: Raiders! I was going to say... Dang. Yep. Yep. But
2: I, I thought because they stayed on the coast that maybe, you know, they... I have they no idea. It. I don't know what my thought was. I was just I I going yeah. to say it. You guys were very close. The Browns Browns
1: is a very good option. I would have chose the Browns too.
0: That's what I said. Did you say the Browns? I said the Colts. Yeah. Those are both very good options. Brown, okay. the Browns.
1: Number four. Good. Who holds the record for the longest field goal in NFL history? Sebastian Janikowski. I know this one. Matt Prater, Justin Tucker, or Adam Vinatieri? I'm trying to think here I know this was done recently I know who it is So you can go first I want to say Matt Prater It is Matt Prater Ding 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 Three for four guys Both of you guys He's got a big leg Okay It's okay So the New England Patriots This is a very crazy stat When I saw it come out The New England Patriots Have won the AFC East Every year Since 2003 Every year Except one season Which is crazy to think Which rival claimed The two, 2008 crown
2: oh, Buffalo Oh sorry
1: Buffalo Bills Miami Dolphins Or the Jets I dolphins, remember. Bills, I remember this vividly jet.
2: as a as a USC fan. Dolphins. They were. Bills. Are you more of it, or you more? I have no idea, let's, so let's I need see to. Him. Let's see him go first. But I'm
0: definitely gonna use the USC hint to my advantage. Dolphins.
1: <laughs> dolphins. Colts. No, dolphins. Oh, bills, bills or jets. jets. Whoa. Okay, hold on. Uh, Well, that changes things.
0: (laughs) Sorry. Dolphins? Oh, my
1: gosh. (laughs) Dolphins, Bills, or Jets?
0: And these are who... I mean,
2: who did I see in the...
0: Uh, Jets. Oh, yeah, it was uh, the Sanchise.
2: Yeah, the Sanchise, Sanchito, carried them to the back-to-back AFC Championships. I'm going to say Jets, Jason. J-E-T-S.
1: Oh...
2: (laughs) Miami Dolphins guys. Oh, it was I was I was gonna say 2008, the 2008. I think that was the year. It. I think that was the year that they created the wildcat and they, they abused it. Yeah, Ronnie. Uh, I-, I wanted to Krazen. see what you meant by the USC. I don't know how that reference oh, worked you- in, but I just assumed because he carried him back to back Well, it was LT that carried him to back back at AFC. I thought you said USC. No USC because Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. Oh, the Sanchez. I, know, oh, the Sanchez. Oh, I didn't even Sanchez. think about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, you
1: guys are. Uh, let's see. You guys missed think, two so far. Three for five.
2: Three for five somewhere? Yeah.
1: Okay, so we got one more. You guys are both tied, though. So, it's okay. the last one. Okay. Who had the highest passing rating in 2008 NFL season? I think that's a mistake. I think you meant for the previous season, basically. Oh, okay. And so, it's 2017? So, yeah, 2017 NFL season. So, it's it's Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And this is based on like the passing rating, which com- is based on completion percentage, yards per attempt, t- touchdowns, and all that stuff.
2: So, I'm trying to... Think. Think this through Can you repeat bit. the question one more time? Who had the highest pass rating in two thousand seven? the previous season? Last had, year? So I'm yeah. trying to think this through. Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't play all that much. It was Russell Wilson that I have down, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, or Fitzpatrick. So Fitzpatrick didn't play that much. Aaron Rodgers got hurt in the middle of the year. Um, Russell Wilson did play like an MVP, but didn't make the playoffs. And then Drew Brees, I believe, set the record for completion percentage. So I'm going to go with Drew Brees.
0: I'm going to say it was Ryan Fitzpatrick because I feel like he got the minimum.
2: Obviously, the outlier as well in this equation. <laughs> so <laughs> it is what I, think. I knew it. <laughs> and that I was, shock and you wouldn't chalk. Yeah, I was very
1: surprised to see that stat. <laughs> so that leads Drew with the W for this NFL yes. trivia this week. Thank you very
0: much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, the last game we'll get into is a little uh, NBA stats. So we're gonna do uh, just the top ten. Uh, do you guys want to do points per game or total points top ten, and you guys get it's four strikes.
2: It's your game. Make
0: the game. Yes. All right. Let's do uh, total points. Okay. You guys get four strikes.
1: Okay. I like these games. And give us. Are you gonna give us hints after the each
0: each miss or no? Well, it depends how bad you guys do.
2: Okay.
0: Go. Go right ahead.
2: <laughs> All right. What cat? Give me a category. I said points. Oh. Total points. Oh, I. Thought That's why might... I asked you. Do you want I to do like talking, average or you want to do, we're do talking total fantasy? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Total, no, total, total points.
0: Total NBA. Regular scored. points. I'm scored. gonna go
2: with the uh, Damian Lillard. He dropped a 40 piece back to back weeks.
0: Oh man, Brock. You gu- guys go with the obvious. Let's uh, get I, the I, I know this one. Strike one. Oh. What? He's ranked fifth.
2: Oh, okay. So take this back. So, back. I, I apologize. Yeah. All right. He dropped 40 back to back games.
0: Hey. That was a good guess. Heck of a guess. Okay. So really next riot. one. I apologize.
1: Is a uh, no not the not the
2: most crazy guy. Zach Levine. He's been putting up numbers. What?
0: Number six. Zach yeah. Levine.
2: Are we going for top ten? Top ten, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, now I'm gonna go with Steph
0: Curry. Steph Curry number one.
2: What? Number one, huh? Wow,
0: he's yeah. He averages. He's been been great. He averages thirty-two points a game. He's really
2: good at basketball. Oh,
1: I didn't. Oh, wow. Okay. My next one's uh. I'm gonna say Giannis. I mean, I'm
2: thinking about the top number ones. I think
0: he's missed some games, so that's gonna. He's seventeenth, so that's one strike.
2: Okay, I was hoping Jason would just hit the layup here with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, oh number three. How
1: did I not know that? <laughs> Bro, can uh, you need to edit some dings in
0: here or something? Yeah, okay. I know.
1: I got, I'll figure that out. Is this is this the obvious one? Can you can I can I, can I go with this one? is the same guy. I mean,
2: yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, LeBron. Yeah, I was gonna say LeBron.
0: LeBron James, number seven. Okay.
2: He, yeah, he averages like 25. All right, he's, he's like he's up there. Okay. So so who who do we got? Yeah. He number?
0: averages 27, by the way. All right, so uh, we're missing the number two, the number four. Uh, the number eight, nine, and ten. Two, four, eight, nine, oh, ten.
2: Wow. Those bottom three are going to be tough. Zach Levine was a good one. Number two catch. is
0: going to surprise you. It, it won't surprise you, but you probably—he's not going to be the first guy you think of.
2: Oh, I, I have. A oh, goal. Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker, number two. Ooh, Great guess. Good, yeah. I never guess he
1: put
0: up 50 three. But it's yeah. not surprising when you hear yeah, it because exactly. he's all exactly. they got. Yeah.
1: Um. Next one. I'll, I don't know if this is it, but I'm going to go. They're doing really good this year. Kawhi Leonard, even though he's missed some
0: games. Kawhi Leonard, number eleven. Gosh. strike two. God, I I don't have anything oh, else. Oh you know man, you know, scored
2: a lot this year. Demar Derozan, number nine. Oh, great wow. guess. Yeah. Oh, that's great a good guess. guess. Yeah. All
0: right, I'll tell you what. Number eight is gonna be tough, but yeah, who do who do you get right now? Demar. Demar. Yeah. Number nine. Okay.
2: So what are we missing now?
0: So you're missing number four, eight, and ten. Oh,
2: four, my eight, God. and ten. Four do you, you want to give us? Uh, okay. I mean, what strikes are we on? Three or two? Two strikes. You have four. Okay. So, okay. So maybe after we get our next strike. We'll okay. Number four. Oh, I'm trying to think of the guys that are balling out right yeah, now. Just on a good team.
0: All right, I'll give you one hint. They're all on the East. The last three are on the East. Oh,
1: okay. But I'm, don't, don't take that down. I, don't I'm take, not. No. That, I, don't know not how been, I don't know how the Celtics have been. I know they're bad as a
2: team, but. I'm not sure. All right, you guys are not going to get number eight, but I'll, is, I'll just keep going. This is taking a long time, too. Just uh, well, give us hints. Okay,
0: yeah. uh, East, it's a team that made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Jason Tatum? No.
2: So that's three strikes.
0: Think of the best player on, on both teams. It was... Oh, I'm sorry. It was on uh, <laughs> Philadelphia. Oh, Alright, so Joel Embiid no. is number four. <laughs> <laughs> number ten went was traded in the middle of last season from a West Coast team to an East Coast team. He, he went from uh, nice weather to horrible weather. Oh, Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, <laughs> number 10. Oh, 50. yeah, he, he did. Okay, and number 8. On the East Coast.
2: On the East Coast. On the East he said, Coast. He said we wouldn't get this
0: one. I you will he. not get this one. What well, is to with
1: another, hint, like another late
0: um, hint? He's a scorer. <laughs> oh, he's
2: number 8 in scoring and he's a scorer. He's number 8 in scoring. <laughs>
0: um, I think he just got signed to a new contract. <laughs> he's a junior. Junior? He's a junior. Father played in the NBA. No, not Larry Nance. I was
1: about to say, I don't know if that's a good guess. <laughs> Man, I'm stumped. I'm not going to
0: lie. Man, this question is hard and far away. Oh, Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway, wow, Jr., he's, he's number eight. Still? Number eight, guys. That was,
1: a, that was a good game.
0: All right, boys, that'll do it this time. So thanks. Thanks again for uh, tuning in. I, I hope you guys think we keep getting better because it feels like we do.
2: I feel like we're growing every episode. Growing I love every it. Episode. All
0: right, signar. Peace.